Welcome to Therapy and Technology. I'm your host, Jessica Bullock. Thank you for tuning in to this conversation about all things technology and how we integrate it into our counseling profession. there. Just wanted to take a moment to invite you to the hybrid practice. The hybrid practice is a group on Facebook that provides topics for discussion regarding how to integrate technology into practice. So please feel free to join us if you are looking for support while building a practice which treats clients face-to-face and online. Join us at the hybrid practice. See you there. I had the privilege of sitting down with Dr. Letitia Sampson. She's a great friend of mine, but she has many roles, y'all. She does a lot of stuff in our field, and I have to put her out there. She's a boss, an educator. She owns a thriving hybrid practice. She has so many roles that she'll get into a little bit later, but she has been in a human services profession for about 21 years. I thought it would be great if she came on and gave us a couple of tips on how to get our businesses out of a slump in the, in the event that we feel like everything's a little slow rolling and you know just to kind of reinvigorate what we're doing she is the president and a founder of great joy counseling and consulting services and she and her team provides therapeutic psychotherapy to individuals couples and families she has served over a thousand people in the area and she is also a professor at the university of new england Rutgers university Kane university and hunter university Uh, She was awarded an honorary doctorate degree in Christian counseling, and she currently holds a master's degree in social work and public administration. She's doing an awesome work in our field. She is focused on the organizational psychology of religion and its impact on mental health. So listen, without further ado, let me introduce to you the one and only Dr. Letitia Sampson. Hi, Tisha. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am really excited about this conversation we're going to have. And so I would like to start off by just inviting you to introduce yourself to our audience because you're you're a newbie to us. Yes, thank you so much, Jessica. I am a newbie to the audience. So hello to everyone, to all the social workers. Happy Social Work Month. To yes. all the women, happy Women's History Month. Yes. My name is Leticia Sampson. I have been in the helping profession since 1998. I am a licensed psychotherapist and executive director of Great Joy Counseling and Consulting Services. We have both a brick and mortar psychotherapy practice in New Jersey, and we also have a online practice where we're able to provide services to clients seven days a week, 24 hours per day. In addition to that, I am also a professor at both the Silverman School of Social Work at Hunter College, as well as the Keene University School of Social Work in New Jersey. Well, I'm glad to have you on today. I know you are very, very busy. So before we get into the conversation regarding the four you know, top things that counselors should do if they feel as though their business is in a slump, I wanted to ask you, how has your experience been with integrating technology into your practice? It has been absolutely great, Jessica. You know, it's something, the only thing I would say about integrating technology into the practice that is a negative is that I wish I would have done it sooner. It has really, really taken on a life of its own. Um, It has been great. It's offered flexibility to some of my existing clients, but it is also connecting me with clients nationally and internationally that I would not have been able to see and provide services.
versus two otherwise. So we currently have clients that are in different countries, that are in different states, that are able to receive, you know, quality services from us. So I am super proud of that and just encourage that online services is really, really the wave of the future and the way to go for many practices. I'm so glad that you said that and a congrats to the thriving online practice. What are some tips that you could give to people who feel like their their practice is in a slump and they just need to figure out how to get it recharged and going again? Okay, so I have four tips for you. And I hope that these tips will help to bring new life and reinvigorate your practices. So the first one is to define your niche. So many practices are just, you know, multi-layered, and I think that's great. But oftentimes, people want to know that the therapist has a specialization. So whether that specialization is in working with anxiety disorders or working with depression or working with children or adolescents, etc., it does not mean that you only work with that particular population or that particular diagnosis, but that this is what you are saying is something that your practice has been tried and true at being able to have successful outcomes in. So I find that defining your niche really, really makes a difference in the um, minds and hearts of potential clients. They really want to know what you are able to be successful at. So I think that would be the first thing I would mention. I'm so glad you said that. I would say about three or four years ago, I just nailed down my niche because I um, didn't want other clients to be steered away from my practice because I did pick one. So I'm glad you said that for sure. Absolutely. I think the second tip would be network, network, network. Mm. You know, I, I really think that so many therapists lose the art of networking once school is over, right? Once graduate school is over, it's like, <laughs> hey, I have been there. I've done that. Yeah. I don't have to show up in these rooms. But the key, Jessica, is to get your business cards in the right hand. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right? When you're at these events and you're sharing your cards with other professionals, listen, when they are having their caseloads full, they will think of you when it's time to pass on your information to other clients. I can't tell you how many times you've done that for me or I've done that for you. Right, right. right. So, <clears throat> Absolutely. So being able to ensure that you're getting your face out there, that people in your catchment area know who you are, know the work you're doing, know your specializations, your business cards are floating around in the community. It really makes a difference. And the, again, in the minds and hearts of potential clients, they want to know who you are. So definitely make sure that you are networking. The third tip I would say, use social media to your end. Advantage. Yes. <laughs> I think it is so important to recognize that social media can be a huge, huge, huge breeding ground for potential clients. So it's utilizing your Instagram, utilizing your Facebook, utilizing YouTube, utilizing Snapchat, not just personally, right? So keeping those personal pages and those professional pages separate and private, right? And engaging with your clients, ensuring that you're doing videos, making posts about what you do, connecting with other providers in the area, you know, showing pictures of you doing interesting things, right? Mm. Make people want to come 
come and receive services from you or come and receive services from your practice. I would tell you that when I first started the private practice, I was not on social media at all. Mm. Now, several years later, approximately 30% of my referrals are from my social media presence. I get direct messages. I get people sending people, um, links to my stories, etc. So it's really, really important to make sure you are marketing on social media and branding yourself well on social media. Right. Cause I've used some of your direct links myself and sent people straight to you. I do that like every week. Awesome. Um, so, so yeah. So, and the last and final thing that I would say is really important in order to get out of a slump in private practice is to definitely consider insurance paneling and EAP paneling. Mm. Okay. Now some psychotherapists, Jessica, get a little nervous about insurance paneling because they kind of feel like, wow, if I get in bed with the insurance companies, I'll never be able to get away from it. Mm. I really don't want to do that. I don't want to do EAP because clients may only stay for you know, four to six sessions, mm-hmm. is it really worth it? And my answer to those questions is a resounding yes. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely worth it. This does not mean that you can't eventually transition fully into a private pay business, but I would caution any therapist to not make that decision until their caseload is full and that they're confident that they can maintain that caseload without insurance. By not accepting insurance, you are literally keeping your name and contact information away from your ideal candidate and Mm -hmm. away from your ideal clientele. Oftentimes, people are looking on their insurance um, provider list, right? We know about psychology today. We know about private therapists, and clients certainly look there. But the average person is going to go right on the back of their insurance card, call member services, and say, hey, I don't want to travel more than five miles my house for a therapist that has this particular, you know, demographic information. Right. So you don't want to exclude yourself there. So if you're experiencing a slump, I would say absolutely do that and you'll see a surge in business. And then you can always be flexible and transition back to self-pay if you want. Um, and I think the same is true about EAP. You know, I was very reluctant, Jessica, about EAP when I first started private practice and um, was uh, advised by mentors in the field to absolutely accept EAP. And it's been great. Mm-hmm. While some clients only stay the four to six sessions, most do not. Mm-hmm. I would say from the EAP clients that I've seen over the years, 85% actually stay and refer other other colleagues to receive services and other family members to receive services. Mm-hmm. So I think that by having your name and those databases, it also keeps a steady stream of clients coming in. And like I said, you also have the flexibility at any time to say, I want to transition back to private pay clients. So I think that those four strategies would absolutely help to jumpstart a practice that's in a slump. I, I, I think those are very concrete. And I thank you for taking the time to share that with the audience. Um, you know, those are very concrete tips that if you put those into action this week, you could see an increase next week. Like that, those, that's how powerful what you just shared with us is. And, uh, I have to say, I agree with you. You know, a lot of people are reluctant about EAP services. You know, some people don't know how to build for them. Some people get confused. They don't submit their paperwork.
work within a time frame. And to be quite honest with you, I would have to say I have high rates of clients actually staying in treatment. Um, the retention is, is just ridiculous because they, they actually love the treatment. I had one EAP client as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, she was such a, a great, like a diamond in a rough. She came to me, started on EAP services, referred at least seven people to the point where she was like, do I get a referral fee? <laughs> So I, I agree with you, you know, if you are on a fence about EAP services, it's just another way to get your name out to uh, people who, you know, have those benefits and will continue to pay you out of pocket because they value the service you provide. So thank you so much, Dr. Sampson. If people want to get in contact with you uh, and your services, how can they reach you? What's the best way? The best way is my website, which is greatjoycounseling.org, but you can absolutely connect with me on Facebook, Great Joy Counseling and Consulting Services, or on Instagram or Twitter, Great Joy Counseling. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for this platform. I appreciate all you are doing for all of us in the field. Keep going. Thank you so much, Dr. Sampson. And trust me, you will be back on again. We have to talk about inter international counseling. That's going to be a great topic. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, enjoy your day and thank you for your contribution to this conversation. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Therapy and Technology. Until next time, rate, subscribe, share with a friend, and I hope you try something new today.